the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad you're joining us here today. And we are gonna be talking about a popular topic. How do we make sure we have the skills for the jobs in the future and to get our ideal role? And today we're excited to have Courtney Mueller here with us today. She is a certified career and leadership coach as well as a people operations and talent acquisition professional in finance, FinTech, retail industries, and in the, the startup scene. So Courtney, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Marie. Yeah, so you help people do leadership development, professional development, and really kind of plan how are they going to advance their careers. I love that, right? The more planning we can do, the better off we are, no matter what we're doing. So as you talk to job seekers, how do they know what skills are most important to develop for those jobs that they want? Yeah, I think, you know, first and foremost, job description will indicate to us what are those critical skills and abilities that the employer is looking for? So we really want to understand that, you know, first and foremost, um, to make sure we're qualified for the job that we're, we're trying to seek out. Um, the second thing that I would recommend is, you know, talking with industry experts. It could be people within your network. It could be, um, you know, people that you've worked with in the past, people that are, either hiring for those positions or work with those positions, people who have the intel of the skills that they're looking for when they're hiring those sort of positions. I think that piece might be even more helpful because the job description only says so much, but hearing from people directly, these are the skills that are most important to them when they're hiring, um, I think is a really important thing to, to uncover as well. Yeah, and you kind of get that double benefit of that, right? You build your network, you make some relationships, and you learn more firsthand and real life today what's going on. I can imagine that's particularly important in tech where the things change so quickly that even looking at job descriptions, if you're looking at something that hasn't been updated because HR you know, doesn't have time to update them all the time, that you might not get the latest and greatest. Yeah, that's right. And I think you know, the, the reality of, I think, today's job market is that not everything is posted online. And knowing the right people, having those conversations, the networking piece, I think we're, we're seeing is, is so important for a job seeker to fill, you know, their time with having those conversations that get us a little bit closer to the right opportunities. And it's, it's not always about finding what's online. It's about who you know, and the no like and trust factor, as, as you, I know you talk about a lot in your courses, um, because, you know, that's the best way to get into a new job through a referral. That is, you know, what I, I try to help my clients work with to, to build their network, build those connections to find, you know, th those opportunities that may not be online. 
Yeah. And, and to think about what they really want, which I know you, you're talking about the dream role or the ideal role. And so when we're job searching, if we're only looking at the things that we see that are posted, we're missing a huge amount of them, even things that are posted, but we don't see, or might be posted some places, but not all the places. And you just have that more proactive approach when you go through and you figure out what skills do I need and how do I make that match? Um, any other things you would add about identifying what's really important? I know it's, there's so much noise, right? There's so many certifications you sure. could get. There's just so much noise. So how do you boil it down? Yeah, I mean, online learning, I think, is is one important factor. I think there's a ton of really good certifications, and it's finding what are those reputable organizations that are attached to you know, the skills or the certifications that are most important to the roles you're looking for. Definitely look into those things, do the research, make sure you're looking at trusted resources to find those right certifications. Um, I think the other thing is, you know, considering networking groups, hearing what's happening in the industry that you're trying to get into, you know, what are those key skills or learning, you know, resources that they would recommend, you know, based on, you know, what they use within their organization or, you know, based on people in the roles that they have, you know, did they go to get a CFA? Did they do Python classes online? Did they go back to school and get the master's? You know, what are those things that they look for? Um, what is the pedigree that they would look for in certain types of positions? So, you know, I think the online learning is is super important and should definitely be looked into, but there is a lot of noise. So you have to kind of make sure you're looking into what are the most uh, reputable organizations based on those skills. Yeah, and like you said, networking groups, professional associations, people who are where you want to be, so you can figure out what is going to get me where I want to go, because sometimes the degree isn't really necessary, or the advanced degree, and sometimes it is, which I, I, I've seen people bite, get bitten by that, right, that they said, sure. oh, I don't need a degree, and then maybe even a few years later, things shift and they do need a degree. So looking at the long-term, not just the trendy of what's going on right now, but long-term what's going on in those industries and those roles so that you can make those decisions. Okay, but if someone doesn't need the education right now, what are some other ways that they can build skills? Yeah, I I had talked to somebody recently about this and they're, they're kind of pursuing it a bit. Uh, if you're, depending on what stage of your career you're in or type of role that you're looking for, getting involved with consulting work or freelance projects or, you know, volunteer work, just to get exposure, to get hands-on real project experience is something that's very prevalent right now. I think, you know, especially with how competitive the job market is, people are picking up consulting work on the side, which gives them experience, gives them some income. So it's a best of both worlds. And you're building relationships that, who knows, sometimes in the future, they're going to look for a full-time person to step in if they see that you perform really well in that project. So that's one thing I think I'm seeing a lot of success with recently because you have to be flexible. You have to find different ways to get in the door, to get your name out there, to show what kind of work you're capable of performing, you know? 
And definitely. And if you're making a career change, that can be even more important because they want to see that you have those skills, demonstrate those skills, and not just the class, but that you've actually done the application. So I always tell people, if you are going to do a class, do the project, find a class that has a, you know, a project that they've outlined so you can do it, you can talk about it. But then there's all these other opportunities, like you said, volunteering, whether you're going to start a side hustle or you're going to consult or whatever it might be, you're thinking about that strategically of how you're going to build the skills that you want to bring into to your next role as well. Definitely. And I think when you're doing that sort of work, you're building a portfolio and it may not be just a tech position or design, like portfolios can be the case in any sort of industry. So having those projects, potentially having a website to showcase that sort of work, you know, shows that you're staying, you know, active, you're working, you're building, you know, your experience in a proactive way. You're not just waiting for the full-time job opportunity. I love that you said that, the website. So I'm seeing more. I don't know if you're seeing this, but I've seen in the past few years, even a little bit before COVID, the comeback of a personal website, like more people are doing it, building it. And are you seeing that as well? A little bit, yeah. I had just worked with somebody who is in finance and they had their own website. And I was like, oh, that's interesting because I usually more so see it in the creative or tech roles. Um, But I think because people are taking up so many different new skills, diverse set of skills, it's, it's a great way to show what you're capable of in addition to your LinkedIn profile, you know? It is, it is. And then we'll maybe get around to this, but talking about how you sell all these many different things that you do, because when you're hiring someone, um, one, I, I was interested to know if, uh, if you're hiring looking if you're hiring teams or people that you're talking with look at personal websites and then two i was wondering what do you think if someone's got these kind of side gigs that they're doing how does that impact your look on them when they're when you're getting when you're hiring them as an employee yeah if they offer it if they have it in their resume we definitely look at it i think it's a great sign of all sorts of potential i think it shows you know, someone who is motivated, they're ambitious, they're trying different things. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't concern me that they might have their hand in a lot of different pots because it just, it shows they like to try different things and they're trying to hone in on their skills. And, you know, ultimately I think if, you know, it depends on the role and, and the type of skill set, but, you know, I do want to see a specialty as well. So there could be a lot of different projects and, you know, types of experiences that someone's had. But, you know, if, if we're looking for an engineer, we might want to see someone who has obviously engineering experience in some capacity, and they've tried to develop a specialty set of skills towards a particular area, if it's, you know, later stages of someone's career. But for an entry-level position, of course, if we see a lot of different things, that's good. It's showing that, you know, people are, are motivated to try different skills and, and to learn different things. I love that. So you've got that balance of the skill development that you're doing and then kind of being able to package it into the specialty that that employer yeah. is looking for as well. Yeah, I think it's it's knowing how to package it really because 
any experience is adding value. So if you're learning something new, if you're putting yourself out there to try different things, that's a good thing. And I think, you know, if you're able to showcase, you know, this can be applied in this setting, this can be applied when I talk to customers, you know, showing how these different skills can be used in different settings, you know, being able to have those tidbits ready for interviews and networking conversations, it could add so much value to, to showcase that you have such a wide range that you can kind of mold yourself into different roles. Yeah, and that's up to the candidate then to connect the dots of how these skills make a difference or apply to the new job that they're targeting. And that can be challenging for, for individuals. So I, I love that you kind of talked about that. Uh, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about how you can weave these skills together and talk to a new manager if you're applying to a job or if you're looking for career advancement and give you some examples of what this might look like or what we've seen in some of our work so you can operationalize it in, in your mind. We'll take a short break and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Follow Voice America at facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking with Courtney Mueller about how you can develop a skill set and really be able to make a move into your dream or ideal role. So Courtney, we were talking about how we can develop skills, seek out the right program or opportunity to develop those skills. What are some thoughts to kind of wrap up that in terms of people getting out and identifying and then doing the skill development? Yeah, I think, you know, Make sure to do 
the research, make sure to connect with various people within your industry, people that you trust to give you insights, to give you advice, could be a former boss, could be colleagues who are in similar sort of positions, people who will give you trusted information of, of what they're looking for or skills that they've recently pursued themselves. I think hearing you know, what's happening and having a pulse on your industry is, is super important. Um, and I think this is, you know, also important when you're interviewing, you know, if you're, you know, communicating with hiring teams, make sure that you feel confident that where you're going has a focus, has investment towards employee development, skill development, whatever that could look like. It could be reimbursements for pursuing different types of courses, trainings, things like that. But you know, you want to be confident that where you're going next has a focus, has a plan around, you know, skill development, um, especially if that's important to you to, to keep developing as you progress in your career. Yeah, I love that. And just that forward looking, forward thinking, what's coming next? People are saying, you know, what can I do to be uh, like a buoy, have a buoy throughout my career or not get laid off. And you can't manage all of that. You can't control all of that, but you can say, okay, I'm always going to be looking at what's coming next. What skill do I need to succeed in the next thing so that I can develop those skills ongoing and not have as much churn. We're still going to have some churn, right? But not have as much churn because you see it coming and you have the right skills to pivot when you need to. Okay, so now we've got the skills. We've we've we were paying attention to that. Now we've got to talk about them, right? We've got to say it in an interview, or we've got to talk to our boss about that advancement opportunity. What tips do you give for people in communicating how they're getting these new skills? Yeah, I think you know if if it's a pre-hire situation and you're interviewing, it's asking you know curious questions around employee development around how do people progress? How are reviews? What does the feedback cycle look like? You know, just what is that process? Is it well thought out? Is it structured? Is it happening a few times a year? You know, how, how is it valued within the organization? Just the core of feedback giving, performance, evaluations, things of that nature. Um, and I think it's, that's, you know, very standard questions to be asking in the interview process to get to know a company. You want to make sure that, you know, you have a clear path and a clear understanding of what that path looks like to get to the next level. Um, I think if you're talking, you know, within your current role or in a new role that you just have maybe taken to never wait, you know, start that conversation early of, you know, what are my goals? What are my targets? Making sure that, if the manager doesn't bring it up first, make sure you have that transparency throughout your experience. And, you know, these are, are great questions to ask. And if you're in a, a really good company, they're going to love that you're asking those questions because it shows you're eager, you're, you want to learn, you want to keep, you know, moving forward in your career and, and be valuable to the organization to develop your skills. So I think, Sometimes there's hesitation to bring it up because, you know, you're a new employee, you're still sort of getting your, your feet in the door, but at the same time, it's why wait? You want to make sure you're set up for your success when you first come in and that you, you know what you're working towards, you know, with your manager. Um, so it's, I, I feel like it's never too soon to say, these are the things that I would love to learn and 
to develop and making sure everyone's on the same page of the road ahead. Well, and that gives you that opportunity to set it up from the beginning and kind of drive your professional development plan instead of sitting around and waiting for the company to say, this is what we do or, or have it part of your review. And, yeah. it, I, and companies are more and more <clears throat> talking about how important continuing education is. Are you seeing that play out as a reality in the companies you work Definitely. with? Definitely. Yeah, I think what I've noticed, especially in, in tech, you know, employee development, learning and development teams, they're very well thought out, very structured. There's learning management systems. There's so many tools and resources available. And this is even the case in smaller companies. It doesn't just have to be a large organization, but, you know, I think companies are listening to the feedback of, you know, the, the generations right now who are so eager to learn and keep developing their skills that, you know, there needs to be a solution. There needs to be a thought out solution that, you know, keeps employees satisfied, keeps them engaged, keeps them challenged, you know, long term, um, because there is so much opportunity out there. So making sure that the learning piece is done well, is definitely a focus for companies right now. And what I see is that a lot of employees don't take advantage of that. There's opportunity available and, you know, maybe they don't have the time, but how can you as an employee kind of carve out and make sure that that happens in the course of your busy day? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's such a great question. And I think there's a couple of ways. I think making it one of your goals with your manager is, is one way I think you can sort of make sure you're on the same page of, hey, I want one of my goals to be, you know, learning this new skill or, or focused on, you know, learning how to be an account manager, whatever that thing is, but making sure you're both on the same page of this is going to be a priority. I'm going to spend time towards this because um, I think, yes, you can do it on your own. You can work super long hours, you can do it on the weekends. That's certainly an option. But I think if it's built into your work plan with your manager and your team, you're going to get the support to, to make sure that it's not just something extra on the side that you're doing in your own time. I love that. And you've got to have that in your plan so that it is yeah. something you're okay spending time on. Yeah, I think so. And as you said, more companies than ever are, they're using that as a tool to retain, to attract, and, and they know it. And so once you jump on the ship, <laughs> they, they will let you keep sailing, but they're not going to drive the ship for you. And I think that's one of the things that's changed. At, it changed a while ago, but I still talk to people that don't really understand that it's up to you to push, to communicate, and to drive that professional development journey. Yeah, I love that you said that because I, I've coached people on that particular piece a lot to, to find their voice, to be able to feel comfortable to speak up and ask for those things or to, you know, be honest of these are my career aspirations. These are, you know, the skills I want to learn. This is how I need support to do those things because, you know, we will see that people will either wait or hesitate or think that their employer or their manager will, will do it for them or will, whenever the time is right, will talk to them about those things, but feel empowered. This is your career. Only you really have control over your destiny. 
Um, so feel as much as you can feel comfortable to, to have that conversation as early as you can. And, you know, I think that's how a coach can certainly help, you know, to, to help you to feel comfortable to do those things. But hopefully, you know, you're in a place where, you know, that is a conversation, a, a daily conversation. Um, and managers do support, you know, people speaking up and wanting to, to share, you know, those, uh, you know, career goals and that what they're interested in doing. And it's more prevalent. That doesn't mean that people might not be able to get it from their managers. You kind of would rather know that early than later, right? <laughs> Have this conversation yeah. with my manager right away. And well, I know that that's not going to happen. So I can either look on the outside or maybe I can make friends with HR. Sometimes there's a way to get around your direct manager if that person yeah. isn't really supportive, right? Because the HR doesn't want to have to hire someone new for your job. So they might be willing to help you figure it out. Well, that's why the interview process is so important, you know, making sure that you're thorough just as much as the employer is thorough, you know, making sure you're asking the questions that you feel confident that your manager cares about, you know, the same sort of things that you care about, the values are aligned, you know, that learning and development piece is where you want it to be coming into a job. But, you know, sometimes we're blindsided, sometimes we don't, you know, know exactly what, what's happening behind the curtain, which is, is normal. It can happen. And that's where, you know, it's, it's looking for people that you trust within the organization. It could be HR, it could be your manager's manager, could be a peer, but, you know, don't suffer. Don't wait until someone, you know, kind of resolves these things for you, you know, feel empowered to, to speak up if something's not right, you know? Yes, yes. Well, this has been great. And just thinking about the longer term skill planning and skill development, Courtney, how can people get connected with you and get more of the content that you're sharing? Yeah, so people can reach me at CourtneyMuller.com. Um, and my LinkedIn is uh, same in terms of, of how to reach me there. But the website has all my contact information, email and, and, and whatnot. Um, I'm happy to connect with anybody and, and help them work through any sort of career advancement challenges they may be experiencing. I love that. So you're on LinkedIn, you are, you're doing career and job search work, leadership coaching as well. And there's just a lot of ways that, that you could help people. If you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe. So we share resources like this and interviews like this on a regular basis to help you take control of your career direction. And Courtney, just one last little sound bite here. If someone is just getting started in planning their career, where should they start? Where would they, their first step be if they're getting started and thinking about planning for the skills of the future? No, I think it's having a clear idea of, you know, what are they most passionate about, you know, long-term in their career journey? Um, and, you know, what are those key skills right now where, you know, based on job descriptions or what they're seeing in their industry that are most prevalent, most important, and to make sure that they're filling those gaps if needed, to make sure that they're the most qualified, you know, for the roles that they're they're most interested in. And to always have a pulse, always be talking with people in their industry to make sure that as things evolve, as new skills are, you know, wide, you know, wide widely attained or, you know, 
of interest to people that they're in the know of, of what's happening um, and always be learning something new. I think that's, that's really the key thing. Always be trying to develop something new. You're always going to be more valuable within your industry if you're, you know, pursuing new skill development. I love that. All right. Well, we're going to say goodbye to Courtney. We'll be back here in just a little bit to finish up and talk more about how this might look in a resume or LinkedIn profile. But thank you very much, Courtney. And we will be right back here on The Career Confidant. Thanks, Marie. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Say It Skillfully is my radio show about being who you are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. I'll help you find the right words to tackle any challenging conversation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. You'll learn how to achieve success on your terms and be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in your life. Check out sayitskillfully.com for practical resources, including my 90-second videos, real-life examples showing you how to speak up skillfully. I invite you to call in with your questions. Join me live every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. And no, I'm cheering for you. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we are talking with Courtney Mueller about how you can get the right skills for the job of the future. And this is you know, one of the reasons that we started this show was to help people think about what's next. It is challenging when you're in the day-to-day of your work to think about what skill will you need next? What's gonna happen to your industry in the future? What job might you wanna do in the future? And if we don't do that, then we end up without 
a buoy. We end up without a life raft. We end up, you know, waiting around in the waters while we're looking for that next job. Now, I'm not going to say that if you do these things, you'll never be unemployed, but you will land faster. You might make some moves before the company lays off because you've got your head up and you're looking around. You're thinking about what's coming. How can I develop those skills? Ideally, how can you have your current employer pay for you to develop those skills or in your job, you get to develop them. And maybe you've got to do some of that outside, but you're getting it done before you need it. This means that we've got to look at what's changing, what's coming up next, what's going on in the future. Those of you that have been around for a while, you know that Career Thought Leaders does a event every year called Career Jam, where we get the career industry experts together from around the globe and talk about what's next. We call it the new and the next, where we get together and we talk about that. And this is our annual opportunity to pick our head up out of the water <laughs> and really think about how are we serving people the best today? How will we need to serve them in the future? But also what will be different in career services in the future that we need to be ready for, that we need to be able to do? And what what technologies do we need? Although we can kind of over-focus there because it's easy. What skills do we need? And what will our clients need in the future? So if you're job searching, you want to do that for whatever your industry is. What's going on in your industry? What's the future of your industry? And what specific problems might become of that that you could help them solve? And then what skills will you need to solve those problems? This gives us a deeper look at why we're developing the skill and makes it a little easier to invest the time and money because we can do what matters. We can invest our time and energy in what is, well, most likely to matter, right? And so when we think about that in our career, you want to start finding places that help you identify those possible trends. We're not talking about trendy and things that fade. We're talking about really an organization or individuals in your life, your industry, your world that could help you figure out what is most likely to come next. So professional associations are a great resource for that. What are they saying? What's going on? Maybe the lead, leader companies in your industry, what are folks within those companies saying? You want to be careful of the idea of an influencer. I think in some industries like digital marketing, of course, paying attention to the influencers can matter. If you're talking about other industries, you have to look for the people that have the depth as well as the marketing, the communication so that you can find it. Looking for those people that are talking at conferences or are putting out articles or putting out podcasts. Uh, there's some great YouTube channels in some industries that you might not even think about where you can see what's coming next. And then talking to the people in your more immediate space, maybe through professional associations, but maybe within your company, within your supply chain, your vendors, many times those folks would know what's coming up next before your direct company might. 
if you have those opportunities to build those relationships, have those conversations, that can be a great way to keep moving forward. So when you're thinking about, I get into a new job, what do I do to make sure I develop the right skills? How do I get the right skills on my professional development plan? I would recommend that in your first 30 to 60 days, you are having conversations with people who are in your direct contact sphere. So your boss, your boss's boss, if possible, any vendors, peers, suppliers, um, internal partners that you might work with on a regular basis, start having conversations with those people. What do they need? What are their problems? What has gone unsolved that you could jump in and fill the gap? Then you've identified some skills that would help you fill those gaps, maybe some that you already have and you can leverage to fill those gaps and some that you might need that you could put in. Now you've got a business case to put into your manager, not just that these are the skills I want to develop, but these are the skills that are needed to be more effective in these areas. And if it comes at it from a business case place, from a place of how this solves a skill or solves a problem or adds value for a partner, it's so much more powerful than these are the skills I want to learn. Now, my guess is that you'll find some sweet spots. There might be skills you want to learn more for yourself, for your long-term career, et cetera, that won't line up with what you find out when you do these exploratory conversations. However, there hopefully will be some, otherwise you might be in the wrong field. Hopefully there will be some where the skills you want to learn line up and they will add value for these people that you work with on a daily basis or that you serve, whatever it might be. That's where you want to start because you can have a business case for this skill. You can make a, a you know, you can make an ask that makes sense to your manager of these are why I want to learn this skill. So if you're starting a new job and you're going to take the, the advice that we were talking about earlier of getting started with your professional development plan right away, start by having some conversations with the people you work with and identifying ways they need help. They need someone to come in and add in those gaps where then you can put together a plan of this is the skill that you need to help them fill those gaps. All right, if you are in job search and you're thinking about how can I put these skills together or communicate that I have this skill, even though I might not have learned it at work, let's take a step back here and think about what matters. When you are applying to a job, what's the goal? To show you have the skills for that job. That's the goal. There's some cool things you might have done. There's some stories that might make you more interesting and memorable. We can weave those in later. Well, let's start with the number one goal. What every recruiter is looking for when they look at your resume, is this person qualified to do this job? Start there. What experiences in your background show you're qualified for that job? Doesn't matter where they're from. Volunteer, a side hustle, a class, as long as you did some kind of project or something where you can speak to it. It doesn't matter where they're from. It's that you are planning out how you're going to build your case that you are qualified for this job. Then you've got all your qualifications down. You've got the stories that demonstrate that you've used the skills, hopefully in a way that adds a similar result to the result your new job will be looking for. Then we say, okay, 
what are those pieces of you that show up in everything that you do, that go through all the jobs you've had, that you bring to no matter what the, uh, uh, it it could be volunteer or class, it just is who you are. Then you can connect that as well to why the employer should care. You can make sure it's woven through those experiences that you're talking about. And we'll give an example here in just a few minutes. But it isn't just that you showed the skill, it's also that you do it in a way that is uniquely you. That is that, we call it personal brand, that unique promise of value that you bring to everything that you do. Now, if you're at a higher level or you have more time in your job search, you can start with that first, what's uniquely you, and then how do you bring it to the qualifications? If you are you know, looking for a job and need one fast, I would recommend that you start with what is the employer really looking for? You map those all out first, and then you weave in those pieces that are uniquely you as you go through those, those specific examples that matter. Once you've done that, now you can start to build this picture of how the skills matter, how they weave together in the accomplishments that you have or the experiences that you have, because everything will be focused on pointing towards the skill set that that new employer is looking for. And if something doesn't fit with what they're looking for, we can weave it in later. We don't have to you know, toss it, <laughs> but we're thinking about first, what are those experiences, stories that really fo focus in on and tell why I'm qualified for this specific job that I'm targeting? And that is particularly helpful when you're thinking about a resume. You even want to do it somewhat for your LinkedIn profile. You've got a general idea of the jobs you're targeting if you're in active job search and you're thinking about how those stories will come together in your LinkedIn profile. That allows us to then weave in the cool stories, the different makers, the, the differentiators in a way that is aligned to those jobs, or maybe a little bit bonus be, because we've already demonstrated why we're qualified and we're not, um, we're not going off script, right? We're not coming out of left field. We've got all of those important pieces down and then we can add in some of those additional pieces. We're gonna take a short break and when we come back, we'll talk about what this might look like on a resume or a profile in a few different scenarios. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Are you a business owner, 1099 contractor, part-time employee, or volunteer who needs group health coverage you can actually afford? Do you know a nonprofit who would benefit from unlimited zero-cost funding? How about cost reduction, school safety, mental health wellness, and more? All these and more are fair game on finding certainty. If you want more certainty in your own life, you are not alone. 
Join us each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Find your own brand of certainty and realize your personal American dream with Finding Certainty, hosted by Patrick Lang. Let's unwrap the certainty experience together. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking about how you can develop and leverage skills to advance your career. And we've been talking about if you have a new skill that you're building, how do you weave that into materials that you might be presenting for a next job opportunity? When we're doing this, of course, we have to be thoughtful of the audience. I don't know if you've ever had this experience where someone's telling you a story or you're reading a story on LinkedIn or maybe even sitting in a presentation and someone's telling a story and you think, well, why are they telling this? Or it just feels weird. Sometimes it can feel kind of self-serving when people are just telling a story and it doesn't connect to the purpose. With career documents, it's really important that our stories that we use are focused, that they have a purpose because we're not off, you know, writing marketing content, although even in marketing content, it's more effective if it has a purpose. We are applying for a job, right? So the story has to fit that purpose. Now, we probably have a lot of stories that could demonstrate a lot of different things. We're going to pick the stories that demonstrate our focus. We're also going to pick stories that show how we're unique. And when we can combine those two things together, then we not only show that we're qualified, but we're also memorable, we're attractive, right? People want to reach out to us because we don't sound like everyone else who's applying for that job. Our challenge, especially if we're making a transition or, or adding a skill set, is that we've got to figure out how to tell those stories in a way that is attractive but also helps us perhaps fill a gap on our resume or communicate that differentiator, but in a way that's relevant to the audience, right? Your difference can either be a, a plus or a minus. And our goal is to know enough about the audience that we can communicate that difference in a way that is a positive. When we're doing some of these activities, learning new skills, taking a career change, and you know, having had a business and now moving out of it, there's a lot of these situations where we can't sweep it under the rug. You can't pretend that you didn't have your own business, or you can't pretend that you weren't out of work for a while. We're gonna have to figure out how to communicate whatever happened during that time in a way that adds value to the new audience or answers their question and moves on with life. <laughs> Sometimes that's what we have to do too. But we think about capitalizing on and using those experiences that you've had and we want to do that, 
How can you do that? So I've worked with people who had their own businesses for years and then wanted to go back and work in a company. You're not going to be able to hide that you've owned your own business, but we also don't need to over-focus there because those aren't the skills you're applying to use. Unless you're applying to be a general manager or something, you want to focus in on the skills that work for the next job. So I worked with a gentleman a few years ago who had run a business for years and now was going into business development, applying to business development sales types of jobs. So in the resume, we focused in on the business that he built, not necessarily focusing in on the fact that he had ran that business, but that he had built the business, created new accounts, created new product lines that got people in. Anything that was relevant to that future focus, that's where we were focusing in on the stories. Now, as we did that, as we told those specific stories, we were also weaving in his particular way of doing that. So that's where the brand comes in, not necessarily just in what you did, but in how you do that. How do you get people to do business with you? How do you maintain accounts? How do you grow partnerships and, and accounts to spend more money with you? The how comes in as the differentiator once you've got the what down, the what, the results, the the solutions, those are the things the employers care about. You've got to see those first. And then you have the how that comes in and shows how you're different, makes you human. It makes you more memorable when you can tell those stories because everybody who's in sales has hit whatever, 100% of their quota, 110% of their quota, humdrum. Everybody's heard it. But when you talk about one, the context of what was going on when you did that, the challenges that you overcame to make it happen, but also the how, the style, the way you approach it. You don't want to go too deep there in your resume, but you do get an opportunity to go a little deeper there. Sometimes a LinkedIn profile that shows how you're different, shows how you add that value. And I love pulling those two pieces together because then we've got, it's kind of like the two parts of your brain. You've got the people in the organization that want the details, want the data, want the, you know, give it to me straight. What's the business bottom line here? And then you've got the people in the business that want someone who feels like a fit and they want someone that they can connect with and they want that. That's what they look for first. And when you tell the context and the, the style parts of your story, you engage that reader. You've got to make sure they don't overpower it. So you lose the more numbers based hiring person. And then you make that connection of the two and you've got a winning combo that you've thought about who you are, what your unique promise of value is, who your audience is and why they should care and made the connection points in the materials that you're putting forward. Now, if we're talking about your LinkedIn profile, you've got an opportunity to expand on some of that. Yeah, want to do that without losing those give it to me straight readers. So a lot of times I'll put the kind of give it to me straight stuff up top and then fill out the story underneath so that people get that feel for who you are. When you've got experiences that are a little bit out in left field, you've got to bring them in. You translate that job title, you translate that experience into the language 
that matters to the person you're targeting now. Not because it's wrong or whatever, but because you want the person who is your targeted audience right now to read that, be able to grasp it, understand it, plug it into their world. That's just good communication. That's just good storytelling. When you tell it in a way that the person who's reading it now can plug it in and understand how it makes sense going forward, how it makes sense in their context. And those stories make the connection, they make you memorable, and they also demonstrate, they bring to life that unique promise of value and the multifacetedness <laughs> of you in a way that still aligns to what that audience is looking for. The more you know about your audience, the more you think about that, what do they care about? What's a good story for them? The better off your connection points will be because now you know the stories to tell, the words to include, the solutions that, that matter, the results that they're looking for. And you can go back and really look at those stories on your resume or your profile and put that lens on them. Does this speak to that audience? Does that, does this speak to these individuals who really want to know and need to know what I can do and the different ways that I can bring that to them? So if you are in this situation, you're making a career change, we're also doing some YouTube videos where we're going to show you some samples, go through some resume examples for you and check out the YouTube channel, Career Thought Leaders on YouTube at careertl.com backslash YouTube. And we will see you back here again on The Career Confidant. If you've got topics you'd like to hear about, feel free to send me an email, marie at careerthoughtleaders.com. And if you're in the career space and you want to stay on top of the now, the new, and the next in the career industry, career coaching, resume writing, the future of work, check out our white paper, the Career Trends white paper, and join us for Career Jam coming up in November. And every year we do that in November to look at what's the now, the new, and the next in careers for the next year. Thank you for listening, and we'll be right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.